Welcome to BFC and Shorts. Today's guest is Jess Ibram, who is here to tell us about the Pacific Island nation of Samoa. Jess, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? Brilliant, well, yeah. Um, really, really good. It's um, about nine o'clock at night here, and it's very, very hot. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to um, chatting with yourself. Thanks again for the opportunity. Oh, thank you for coming on. So a 12-hour time difference. You must be somewhere very far away. Where have you come to tell us about today? Um, I'm actually based in uh, the city of Apia, in Samoa, which is a uh, flight duration, probably about three and a half to four hours um, east, I believe, of New Zealand. Wow, so way out in the Pacific Ocean, quite isolated on a, on a small island. Do you, do you ever feel that kind of plays with your mind a bit, thinking how far away you are? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've often had this conversation with um, people in that... Um, each role I've been trying to work my way back towards Europe and the UK, but I seem to be working away <laughs> further away. Um, you do. I mean, it's a bigger island. There's two islands here in Samoa, uh, Apollo, the island I'm on at the moment, and Savati, uh, population total about 200,000, but very different to the island that I used to work at when I was technical director for the Cook Islands. There were 17,000 people on Rarotonga, the island I lived on. So. It, it, whichever way you look at it, you do you do still feel quite far away from Europe. Uh, just so listeners can understand, there are technically two Samoas, right? Yeah, yeah. Although different in any number of different ways. So um, you've got Samoa, which is obviously where I'm, where I am, and then you've got American Samoa. Um, so yeah, com completely different, um, different countries, different cultures um nationalities everything all right what is it that you're doing out there so currently i'm technical director for the country um so i've held the role now for two years a large portion of the time that i've been within the role was obviously through covid lockdowns so i was um stuck in new zealand so i was doing a role remotely so i've been out here now for a few months um yeah, and just just trying to mobilise and um, uh, you know work across all the different areas of football development to really drive and enhance the game as best that I can. Now, th this almost sounds stupid coming out of my mouth here, but what appealed to you about being a technical director for a federation on a beautiful Pacific island? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I've done it before, obviously, when I was a technical director for the Cook Islands, and again similar i really saw the potential of the country and the president sold it to me in terms of the vision of what he wanted to do with the country the direction he wanted to take the federation um and yeah just huge potential huge potential and it was a country i'd followed for since i've been in, in this part of the world oceania for about 10 years it was a country i followed really really closely so i could see the potential and thought you know what um if i can get some good buy-in and support from the key people that um, hopefully I can uh, develop and leave it in a better place than what it was when I first arrived. Speaking of potential, what is the football infrastructure like in Samoa? We're actually very fortunate in comparison to a lot of um, member associations this part of the world. 
Um, so our main federation, we've got five um, main football pitches. Um, we've probably got um, probably close to 30 staff within the federation itself. Um, that's on the main island of Apollo. On the other island is Savati, which is about an hour ferry ride away. We've got three staff, um, one main football pitch, um, futsal pitch. And then we've got a new um, facility that's being built, supported via FIFA, which will be three international standard pitches, futsal pitches, mini pitches, beach soccer. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be one of the biggest facilities within the Oceania region. So infrastructure-wise, we're very fortunate in comparison to a lot of other countries. Um, we, we've got a lot of um, uh, grounds in terms of you know actual acres of land for football. How much of an advantage does that give Samoa over the competing nations in the area to have such good facilities? The, the interesting thing for me is, is that um, having worked in these islands and been in this region on and off for a while, is that it's 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 quite easy to mobilise activities. So what I mean by that is, in the last couple of months, managed to get in the 16s, the 19s, the 23s men, the 16s and 19s women. And you can simply just put a Facebook post up for, you know, a talent identification night the following week and everyone will turn up. So, um, you know, the players will travel in through various means. Um, and then we obviously drop them off afterwards uh, around, the, you know, the main the main island of Apollo. So you can mobilise it quite quickly. It's not like that in every country. You know, a lot of other countries like Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, they might be more limited in terms of infrastructure. And, you know, geographically, it might be a lot more spread out, you know, countries like Vanuatu as well. So, but for us, everything is quite centrally located. So it's a lot easier to mobilise those activities, which is a big, big advantage. I'm pretty sure I remember you at some point talking about the Cook Islands and what a challenge it was because there were so many islands and it were, some of them were quite far and would take a, a long time travelling. Do you have that same kind of issue in Samoa or, or is it easy to get around? It's um, pretty easy to get around. Um, it's, it's a slower pace of life um, other than the main Appia city, but other than that, you know... Um, People go a little bit slower than what I would do in Europe, um, which could be a good thing uh, or not so good thing, depending on how you were, uh, you know, approaching your day. But for Samoa, it's, geographically, it's a lot easier than the Cook Islands because um, Savati, the other island, it, like I mentioned before, it's about an hour uh, ferry ride away. So I'm actually going over this Saturday. We have a futsal festival. So jump on a ferry. Um, and then an hour on the ferry, you're up to the other islands, and then very quickly you're at the other federation, and yeah, away you go. So the other island of Savati is a lot bigger. I, I travelled round it the other week, and it took about four and a half hours to go round because we were looking for some outreach development centres to to start over there. So it's a much bigger island, but smaller population. Now, considering you've done similar roles in similar locations, I'd be interested to know has this benefited you as a coach and in what ways yeah definitely benefited me as a coach um i've had to adapt a lot um i think you know you come from england 
uh, you're heavily ingrained in terms of how you feel potentially, you know, the game should be played. I know the game is, you know, developed and modernised itself quite a lot in England in recent years, which is brilliant. Um, but most definitely I've, I've had to adapt. I've had to simplify um, the way in which I approach the game and train players and train teams. Um, it's benefited me in a way in which I feel that I'm a lot more rounded as a football coach. Um, and I certainly don't see myself now as a, um, a coach in the UK who's coaching a different part of the world, but still using the same methods and philosophies as what he used many moons ago. Um, I say that I've just adapted myself along the way and through these experiences of working in these islands, um, you don't lose your principles or values in terms of how you want to see the game played, but you certainly adapt and you're a lot more flexible um, in your approaches to it. So it's been a great learning experience for me, phenomenal learning experience. And I like to think that coming here to Samoa, I don't feel that I would have been as prepared as what I would have been if I hadn't had my two years experience in the Cook Islands. Um, so, the, yeah, the perception to reality is a lot different. You know, people from the outside looking in, um, they just see national team. and uh, But the reality is very, very different. And the reality for people living in these countries is very, very different. Now, with it being so far away from home, uh, I can't think of many places that are, are further when it comes to a 12-hour time difference. That must have challenged you as a person as well. So... Do you feel like you've you've grown, you've benefited much as a person, not just a coach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'll certainly say I'm, I'm um, I've sort of thrive off challenging environments. They seem they either seem to follow me or I follow them. But um, I come into these different environments and they're hugely challenging. Um, but I seem to thrive off them. Uh, it would be nice to find just something that would be a little bit more cruisy for a while, but I can't, I can't see that. And in football, you sort of accepted that the way that's the way in which it is. But um, yeah, no, I've def definitely improved myself, um, not just as a coach, but in terms of my leadership skills, my people skills, communication skills, everything. And it's it's definitely made me more more flexible and adaptable as a person. You speak of challenges. What have been some of the challenges over there? Um. Uh, some, sometimes in terms of um, creating some small change, um, we've just come into with, with a quite a, a different sort of strategy in terms of our recruitment and scouting model. Um, so over a year ago, we took this big strategy, global strategy, in terms of identifying players that could represent the country, regardless of where they're from. Um, and we've we've got a really um, great guy in. Alistair, who heads up our scouting and recruitment, and um, we found players all over the world, um, Europe, US, um, Australasia, Asia. So that's, that's been a real positive because we realised that we, we needed to um, enhance our national teams and, you know, how we compete at the national level because it hadn't really been like that previously. Mm. So that, that's been a challenge. Um, I'd certainly say in terms of um, just adapting to the way in which the game is played, um, we have a lot of visitors from all over the world that come over and then they see it for themselves that, you know, just the, the level of football in this country is a lot lower than what it is, you know, in comparison to a lot of other countries, certainly closer to Europe as well. So um, that's been a challenge to, you know, to try and enhance the level of football here as much as possible. When it comes to 
getting players for the national team. I think you're casting a very wide net, looking for anyone who, who qualifies through their lineage or whatever. Uh, is it then hard to get them to come over and represent the national team, considering the amount of travel involved for these players? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's not just the travel. It's more the fact that um, previously they didn't really have credible national teams. Um, you know, our rankings don't lie. You, you, we're ranked where we are. And the reason for that is because they haven't done very well. So, um, you know, and that's across the board. Um, so it's convincing players, um, which takes it takes a long time. But, you know, you, you're actually trying to do things a little bit differently. Um or in a different way because you want to enhance the national teams and you want to add greater credibility to the national teams um, because it brings a bigger focus to what we're trying to do and how successful we're trying to be. So we've been fortunate to, you know, our, our female side just recently, we made the semi-finals in the Nations Cup, um, had some big, big results, not really happened. Um, I think something like 16 debuts. We had our under-19s recently in Tahiti. Uh, something like 18, 19 debuts. Um, we managed to um, bring back uh, a Cahill. So Tim Cahill actually represented Western Samoa back in the day when he was 14, before he went over to Australia and become the legend that he is. So his son, Kai Cahill, actually represented our under-19s, which was, which was massive. It was massive because, um, you know, dad was obviously born here in Samoa. So it was, it was brilliant. So, yeah, not just distance, it's just really um, convincing, you know, players that are playing at professional level in some cases. But, um, you know, we're actually trying to do things right. We're trying to do things in a different way and we're trying to bring a, a greater standard to the way in which our national teams operate. You mentioned that there's a slower pace of life. Uh, did that take some adjusting to? And in, in what way might that present some problems? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I've, I like to think I've got a bit of a quick engine, so I'm, I'm used to doing, and I guess that's the, that's, that's the way in which we're, um, um, brought up in the UK as well. Yeah, you just you go out, you work, you graft each day, um, and yes, yeah, certainly coming here, it was, it was, it was different. I mean, you know, we've got some national teams going in terms of just the domestic players playing groups, and. Yeah, I mean, they don't all turn up on time. That's, uh, you know, that's a fact. And you have to adapt and you have to accept that. Um, I, I still stick closely to my principles. Um, I mean, I remember, as an example, one of our early training sessions, I, don't know, I think we were due to start at 5 p.m. And it was 4.40 and we had about 10 players. But yet we were still standing around. And, you know, my question was, why are we standing around? We've got 10 players. Why don't we start the session? And so... Very quickly, you start it, and people people do adapt. People are like um, they like routine, <laughs> you know, and they're just good habits to get into. So that 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 has been an adaptation for me. Has been a bit of a challenge, but now I'm you know I'm fully adapted to it. But again, coming from the Cook Islands, that that helped me a lot. Let's have a look at what it's like living there. What would you say are some of the best things about living and working in Samoa? Um, you are exposed to sort of um, people's lives in a much more different way. Um, I mean, I, predominantly I live in New Zealand currently, um, but obviously based here working. But um, 
yeah, people's lives are very, very different. I mean, this is, you know, it's a, it's a very underdeveloped country and, you know, and they've got it tough. They've got it hard. You know, a lot of people have in this country and it's the standard of living is a lot lower than what it is in other countries. Um, it's been a very humbling experience for me because you see um, what people have to deal with and the hardship I have to go through on a daily basis. And again, yeah, we take things for granted where we live, but um, it's not like that in other parts of the world and certainly isn't here. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a very interesting um, journey, just seeing how people uh, live their lives here. And um, you know, you, you just, you're just exposed to sort of, um, relationships and conversations a lot quicker than what you would do if you was in more developed countries, if that makes sense. Um, people are very honest. Um, uh, here they tell it the way, you know, they tell it the way in which it, it is. Um, so it's been great. It's been, it's been a great experience in terms of just being exposed to what, you know, what, how people live their lives here, you know, because it's, it's not easy for them, but they, they're a happy, happy nation. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're good fun. They're, you know, a fun bunch, certainly my staff who I work with as well. What were some misconceptions that you faced before going there? Um, just that it's very underdeveloped. The game hasn't really done a lot. Um, it would be difficult to affect any sort of real change, um, within the role itself. Those were a lot of the challenges that I was told about price me coming into the country but i wasn't naive you know i've done a lot of research i know a lot of people within the region not just within summer but the other countries as well so um i, I spoke to a lot of people prior to me coming in because i always think it's good you know wherever you go in terms of whatever role you're taking on um you just try and research as much as you can you talk to as many people as you can so you know i i knew what i was walking into and it was everything i expected and probably a little bit more so i think it was fairly easy in terms of uh, a research point of view like you said you'd worked in similar environments you knew a lot of people uh, so different question altogether <laughs> what kind of things mm. can you do for fun over there in your spare time when you're not coaching what, what's available yes yeah, good question because i work quite a lot um <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah that's a good question um yeah, I mean, there's areas with which in the uh, island of Polly you can go. You know, there's beaches, there's waterfalls, there's the usual stuff, um, the touristy, touristy attraction stuff. Um, there's nice hotels, there's nice resorts. Um, but I, I don't tend to have the time to go to a lot of these places, maybe once a week, because I've just thrown myself into work. Um, and so, um, yeah, as a tourist destination, it's probably quite nice for tourists to come out here and just have a slower pace of life. And certainly the other island, Savati is, it's a lot slower, um, different culture altogether for me, my experience. But um, yeah, for fun, you know what, I'll just go and watch more games of football, to be honest. <laughs> and um, yeah, just maybe, maybe uh, connect with other expats that are on the island as well, um, you know, just to get a little bit of an understanding of their lives here and how long they've been here in Samoa. Do you feel welcome uh, and like you're able to integrate into the society? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I think Samoan people as such, um, you know, someone like myself coming in, um, you know, there's, uh, there's probably a little bit of a shyness initially, 
but then when they open up um you know the trust is there the openness is there the honesty is there um so yeah it's it's yeah you you, you can um mo most definitely um build those relationships um over time but to start with it might well not really feel like that if you're a i guess if you're a, you know an outsider from the country coming in um i was told the other day i went to the british high commission and then i was told there's probably about half a dozen um brits in samoa which is you know a population of about over just over two hundred thousand. so i've never met i haven't met another brit yet um but um apparently i'm one of them but yeah no i mean you you are you just um you you, you do you know you create these bonds and relationships quite quickly with the people here and i think it really is as long as they see that you're here to generally help um to to help them for the you know for the betterment of the game and you're here to work you know um because you know there, there is you know sometimes there's people that come to these parts of the world and their perception is a lot different to the reality of when they actually land on the ground and you got a graft you have to work um because if you don't you won't last too long in a role in all honesty final question what advice would you give to someone that is considering taking a job there um do as much research as possible speak to people on the ground um see it as an adventure see it as something that's going to develop you as a person in so many different ways um you will be shocked in some cases of what you will be exposed to or what you will see um because it's very very different um but you will have a phenomenal experience and i certainly say that um you know for every experience i've gone through there's been some big challenges but most definitely um it's helped me a lot and it's it's shaped me in a much better way for my next role as well so um yeah don't, don't see it as long term because um uh people like myself come to this part of the world and you know we very rarely were in roles for a long period of time um you know two to three years so you know very rare do people you know stay within a role because it's just the nature of the job it's the nature of the you know the challenge of working in different countries away from you know your your norm if you like well thank you for your time thank you for your insight really appreciate you coming on no i appreciate it will thank you again and uh keep up the great work i really enjoy following the following the platform it's brilliant thank you Thanks for joining us as we explore the football landscapes around the planet, informing coaches of what it's like to live and work in football in all these different locations. If you'd like to tell us about where you've been, just reach out to us, we'd love to have you on.